are listening to the weekly podcast presented by the Lighthouse Midlothian. For more information, please visit us at www.dfwlighthouse.org. Thank you. There's a, a bumper sticker I saw once, and it said, no Jesus, no peace, and then no Jesus, no peace. You get it? Okay, so I modified that to create an entirely new bumper sticker. No Jesus, no hope. We have hope in Jesus. Amen? Amen. No Jesus, no hope. I saw another bumper sticker that I thought was really funny. And I thought it was quite accurate, too. And actually, this was in the Walmart parking lot. It's amazing what you'll find at Walmart. In the parking lot and in the store, you just never know. So it said, are you following Jesus this closely? (laughs) On the back of the car. And that's one I just might actually put on there, because, yeah, it's polite and gets a message across. It's a witness, and yet, yeah. So, we're going to go to one of my favorite scriptures and very beloved, popular scripture in the book of Jeremiah. And this is going to be a starting point today. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster. To give you a future and a, let's say it together, hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me and I will be found by you, says the Lord. Let that soak in. Let's pray. Lord God Almighty, we thank you so much for your presence today. We thank you that you give us hope. We thank you that you give us freedom, that you give us life. And we want to receive everything you have for us today. Let no one leave today without knowing they've received a blessing from you. Bless your word today because your word is a gift and it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And we need it to illuminate our way. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. This is an amazing scripture, and it can be quoted out of context, as many, Christ, uh, many scriptures can be quoted out of context. But just in case you were wondering the context, this was given at a time when people needed hope. People needed hope. They were in exile. They were living in a foreign country. They had been uprooted from Jerusalem from Judah, and they were carried off by the Babylonians, and they were far flung across the Babylonian empire for 70 years. And the prophet Jeremiah speaks to this generation, and he says, there's hope for you. And when Jeremiah tells them that there's hope, he's also telling you and I that there's hope, no matter where we find ourselves. How far from home? How far from freedom? Because sometimes we end up there, don't we? And sometimes it's our own 
fault that we end up there. This was their fault. They had not lived according to God's ways or his laws. They had blatantly refused to listen to what the prophet had to say. In our daily Bible reading, we've finished Isaiah, we're in Jeremiah, and to me, the faithfulness of God is just amazing. Because for hundreds of years, people had not been following God's ways. His own people, the people he had bought, the people he had taken from slavery and taken to a promised land. And there they were living in the blessings of God, and yet refusing to obey the very God for which they were named. And so he said, I'm going to take you from your land to another place, and there you, there you will be for a set time. And so they ended up in Babylon. And I'm sure as they sat there, they thought, all hope is lost. Have you ever done something and you thought, man, I really blew it this time? Maybe you did it for the second time. Maybe you did it for the third time. Maybe for the fourth. And you think, man, there's no hope for someone like me. Well, join the club. <laughs> join the club. We've all been there. Don't let the enemy, don't let your own mind lie to you and say, God's done with you. There's no more hope. There is always hope. As long as you have breath in your lungs. What is the condition here? Because quite often to God's promises, there are conditions. Yes, how do we get this future and this hope? In those days, verse 12, when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. What's the key to having hope? Praying to him. Having faith that when you pray, he hears you. And a wholehearted cry to God. His promise, when we cry out to him with our whole heart, he will listen and he will restore us. Amen. And he did it for his people. And if he, he, he did it for them, he'll do it for you and for me. Ultimately, he sent Jesus so that we could all be part of his family. Before, only the Jews could be part of his family. But we've been looking in the book of Galatians. We looked in other places in the Bible where God created this whole family out of all of us. And it's through faith in Jesus Christ. So today, for just the next few minutes, we're going to be talking about a very important topic. And that is hope that's hope some days i don't know about you but some days i just need some hope yeah well wh what exactly is hope let's look at the word of god because the word of god defines hope god's way hebrews 6:19 we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and steadfast. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. So hope is an anchor. It keeps us connected. Right before that verse, in the verse just before, it says, therefore we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. What is the hope that lies before us? Well, as believers, we know that we'll be with God forever and ever. That's a hope. 
We know that God is, according to Romans 8, 28, working all things together for our good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. So, as we've sung before, if it's not good yet, it's not over yet. You may be in the middle of something. It's going to be over. Life is temporary. Situations are temporary. Children are only children for so long. And then they become teenagers. And then they become adults. And then they still need our help. But not as constant and not as much. So we have a hope that we hang on to. We do. There's hope in every situation that we find ourselves in. There is hope. But the greatest hope of all, the anchor that keeps us, is that, number one, we have confidence that we can enter into the presence of God because of Jesus, because of what he did. We can come in and we can be with him. Wherever I am, God's presence is there. And when I forget that, I lose hope. Wherever you are, I don't care what kind of chaos is swirling around you, it can't touch you unless you let it. You just proclaim, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I have hope. This is temporary. This will pass. I have no reason to fear. Or as we say, freak out. Stop freaking out. Have hope. You are a believer. As Bill Johnson says, the problem with the church is it's filled with non-believing believers. It's about time we started believing what God said and then living what he said. Too many Christians are freaked out by too many things. All right, I'm done saying that. Psalm 38, 15. I'm getting excited today. You have hope that this will end by 12 noon. All right. But grab on to as much as you can because I guarantee you're going to need it. We're all going to need hope come Monday. All right? Psalm 38, 15. I wait for you, O Lord. You will answer, O Lord, my God. Biblical hope is not an ethereal, I hope I get to go to Disneyland I hope I get a nice Christmas present. I hope someone remembers my birthday. See, in English, hope, it's not anchored. In Hebrew, I wait for you. That word for wait is hope. When David says hope in the Lord, it means wait on the Lord. It's actually an action. It means to hang on. It means there's a rope between you and God, and as long as you're holding on to that hope, as long as you're holding on to that rope that rhymes with hope, you're going to make it. God's going to pull you through whatever you are going through. Don't let go. Hope is the rope. That's hope in Hebrew. It is waiting on God. And it's just not waiting on like the bus. Well, it's five minutes late. I hope it comes. No, it's like, okay, 
When we go to Switzerland, the Swiss are very precise. The trains run on time. If it says the train's going to leave at 11.04, guess what? It leaves at 11.04. You better not be buying coffee at 11.05 and want to get on the train. Now, other countries you go to, and it's a mere suggestion. Anytime within 20 minutes of 11.04 that the train leaves, it's on time. Praise God, it came and it left. And if you happen to be on it, you're even in better shape. But in Switzerland, even the rental car van that took us to the airport, there was a clock on the wall with a countdown. The bus will be leaving in 459, 458, 457. I'm like, yeah, right, sure. 30 seconds, 29 seconds, 25 seconds. The van pulled up. People got off in a very efficient manner. They got on in an efficient manner. When that clock hit zero, that bus was gone. I like that kind of precision. Unless I'm the one running late, then I don't like it so much. God is more precise than a Swiss rental car van. Isn't that nice to know? That when God says he's going to do something, he will do it. And that's waiting on him. It is an absolute action word. Waiting with confidence. Waiting with expectation. God says he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Now, sometimes I get the timetable wrong. Have you ever tried to look at one of those timetables and they have all the departures on this side and the arrivals on this side and then you notice and with the column you were looking at was only for Saturdays and Sundays? I don't know when the bus is coming. I don't know when it's leaving. You know? Sometimes I misread God's timetable too. I had it upside down. Or it's 10.59 a.m. and I thought it was 10.59 p.m. Thing is, God knows his timetable. Sometimes he chooses to tell me. Sometimes he doesn't. But I'm, when I'm waiting on him, he's always on time. As the great teacher at Bible school, when I was a student, John Garlock once said, actually, I think it was Wayne Myers, but he could have been quoting John Garlock. I don't know. He said, God is never late. But quite often, he misses an opportunity to be early. God's always on time. Hope is in action. It means waiting on God. He will not disappoint us. Psalm 71.5, For you are my hope, O Lord God, my confidence from my youth. You are my hope. God is our hope. Hope is a person. Hope is God. We have hope. We have God. No Jesus. No hope. So what is the definition of hope according to the Bible? It is a positive expectation. It's really the opposite of dread. Dread is faith in what you hope won't happen. Okay? We can have faith in the negative a lot of times. But we need to have faith in the positive. That's hope. That it will happen. It is an expectation. It is going to happen. It is a longing. Hope is what we've been waiting for. That it will happen. It will happen. Okay. 
and it's a positive. All right, faith versus hope. These are two different concepts. Sometimes we get them confused. I'm not going to spend a great deal of time, but faith is trust and confidence. It is believing. It is firm. It is knowing who God is and trusting who God is no matter what. Hope is something to which we look forward. We have a blessed hope that Jesus is coming again. All right. And hope, again, is a positive. It's something that gets us through any situation. It's something to look forward to. We all need something to look forward to in our lives. Amen? Yeah, sometimes a vacation. I can get through this because I know I'm leaving town next weekend. Bring on whatever. I'm getting on that plane and I'm going away. I'm leaving on a jet plane. Don't know when I'll be back again. All right. That's hope. Well, we can have hope that one day we're leaving this planet. All right. Now, I don't live to leave, but it, sometimes that might give me the strength to get through. Like, this may be really cruddy right now, but this is not all there is. That's hope. Hope tells me that we're seeing only part of the picture. Someday we're going to see it all. And what are we going to see? We're going to see Jesus. All my hope is in Jesus. It's a good thing. It anchors us. It helps us. So, three quick points. We need hope to survive. Hope is the end point of our endurance. We're told that we need to endure. We can endure when we have the hope of something at the end. We can endure a, a, a building project. When we know one day we're going to be enjoying that new floor. One day we're going to enjoy that, that new room we're building. One day we're going to enjoy that new house. Yeah, even just buying a house. All the stuff you have to go through, all the hoops you have to go through, all the papers you have to sign. You have the hope that once you endure all the red tape, I'm going to be sitting there. And you know, that's gotten me through many situations. It's that expectation of what is good. When we were in the middle of the building project next door, oh my goodness, three months turned into three years. And I would come over that bridge and God just said, you picture that thing finished. You picture it finished and man, you're enjoying it. And I thought, man, that's cool. So I saw that finished building and that gave me hope. That whatever I did that day, whatever little tiny thing, whatever screws I put in the wall, whatever I did, there was an end product in mind. And then God said, don't get excited about the building. You picture all the good things that are going to happen inside that building. You picture people fellowshipping, connecting, worshiping. And you know what? We've gotten to see nine years of that. It's been awesome. So three years of pain. My blood's on every corner of that place. I was not a construction worker before I signed up for this job. There should have been a course in Bible school. Basic construction. <laughs> but the school of hard knocks, knocks <laughs> is a great teacher. <laughs> Thankfully, we have people that know what they're doing, that came and showed us. All right, we need hope to survive. Hope gets us through those tough times. Think of every patriarch in the Bible. 
Every Abraham had the hope that he would be a father. And there were many years that went by. Yes, Moses had the hope that he would be delivered. The children of Israel had the hope that they would one day be in the promised land. You just keep going. David, running through the wilderness, had the hope that one day he'd be on the throne. And everyone in the Old Testament had the hope that the Messiah was coming. And therefore, we keep going until we see Jesus. Now, we have Jesus. We have hope because we know who Jesus is. He was revealed. You are blessed. Everyone in the Bible would have been thrilled to live in this day and age. These are the good old days, folks. These are exciting days we live in. Regardless of what it says on social media, these are exciting days. It's exciting. All right, hope springs from faith. Faith is our confidence in God in who he is and therefore what he does. We can have hope that he's not going to disappoint us. You may have lost hope in everything. Your job, people in your life may have disappointed you. You may see nothing on the horizon, but if you have Jesus Christ in your life, God's going to work it out. And I believe I read in Isaiah that his ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And I haven't even seen or heard the things he had planned for me. And I believe that's not just in heaven. I believe that's here. I've seen it happen too many times. God go above and beyond anything I could ever imagine. I had faith for this, and God did this over and over and over again. So why should the next time be any different? God is good. All right. Number three, I've said this repeatedly. As Christians, our ultimate hope is in eternity. Whether it turns out great here or not, just think of what your ancestors went through. Just think of other generations. Lifespans were short. Plagues affected millions of people. They went through great hardships to build this nation. Read the biographies of the missionaries in the 19th century. What they went through. Missionaries in Africa that didn't see one convert, but yet they opened the door to thousands being saved because they went. In China. You see, revival is happening now because people were faithful long before our lifetime. So even if you don't see what you're believing for in this lifetime, it doesn't matter because God's got eternity to work it out. That excites me. Colossians 1.27. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles or the nations the glorious riches of his mystery, which is... Christ in you, the hope of glory. I have Christ in me. You have Christ in you as a believer. That's our hope that we'll be glorified one day. And it's our hope that even in this life, God will work through whatever circumstances. So if you want to know hope, know Jesus. You want to have more hope, get to know him more. He's faithful. He's true. He's awesome. I highly recommend friend him. Yeah, start out there before you know it. 
Yeah, follow him. Follow him closely. All right, here's some questions for our groups on Wednesday. Don't you love that I'm giving them to you right now? And these are not hard questions, all right? Okay, have you ever felt hopeless? It's not a trick question. I think it's good to share times in our lives that we got through, right? Anybody ever felt hopeless? Yeah. What, what did that look like for you? Okay, how did you find hope? Number two, what do you have hope for right now? What are you looking forward to? What are you believing for? Number three, as Christians, how can we encourage each other in hope? You see, we get together, we come together, and we fellowship. It says to encourage each other. To encourage is to give hope. See, that's something we can give away. How do we give hope away? We, we share our testimony on Wednesday night. We heard a bunch of testimonies. It was awesome. Judy started it off. She talked about when she was a little girl in England in World War II. I know she doesn't look that old, but she was there. She was there. She lived through the air raids. Okay? And she shared about how she was a nasty little girl. Our dear, dear Judy, she just laid it all on the table. She was not the most pleasant child in the world. But her family moved to New York, and she fell in with some Italian Pentecostals. Got her saved. She was the only one in her family that was a Christian. They called her names. They didn't understand. Now she's our prayer coordinator, and I think one of the most refreshing, wonderful people on earth. Okay? She had the guts to get up here and share her testimony. And then Alex, not to be outdone by a fellow Brit, Alex shared his testimony. He can tell you. I'm not going to get into it. Okay? And then the youth. The youth. That just inspired them to share. And, and this is encouraging to know that, that this lady who's well into her years of life, she has hope. And Alex, who's Not in his homeland. He's here because God called him here. He overcame. And he shared hope with the young people. You see, older parents, we can share with younger parents. There's hope. They will grow up. They're gone. Keep praying. God will bring them home. Okay? You're praying for, for your needs to be met. You know, as David shared... You know, right now, for his needs to be met, yeah, he needed some air miles. Praise God. Some of you need groceries. We've been there. Okay? God supplied. There's hope. Cry out. We were down to our last crust of bread one time as Bible school students. Last crust of bread. It was a loaf of bread that some English friends made and gave to us. We didn't even buy this bread. My wife is pregnant. We've got one crust of bread left and no money in the bank. And I kept cutting it thinner and thinner, thinking it's our last meal. We've got to enjoy it. Here's your bread, honey. 
We'd pray and we ate our bread. This is a true story. And Connie's mom came in. She looked around our little apartment. She probably opened a cupboard or two. She looked at us. She said, well, I suppose you've been praying. <laughs> I've got some work for you. I have a house for you to clean. And it pays $75. So we went and we cleaned the house. We got $75. In that day, 1978, that was a lot of money. You could spend $50 at the grocery store and have an entire cart full. So 75 was over and above, right? So we went from one crust of bread to cartfuls, and that's the last time we ever got that close that I can remember, okay? But God provided work. Now, I know that Rosemary vastly overpaid us for that job. That's between her and God. We were blessed. Guess what? After that experience, I was cleaning out the cupboard, and there was that crust of bread that I thought was going to be our last meal, and it was moldy. We didn't even have to eat that last crust of bread because God provided. And I can encourage you, if you're on your last crust of bread, you cry out to God with your whole heart, he will provide. All right. Give each other hope. Not just a pat on the back. See you later. Sometimes you got to give hope in the form of a gift. Sometimes you got to give hope in the form of time. Sometimes you got to give hope just by listening. It's okay. That's why we're here. We're here to share the goodness of God with those around us. Our hope is not in the things of this earth. Our hope is not in our bank account. Our hope is not in our government. Our hope is in God alone. And that is true hope. And God wants to give us a future and a hope. Let's stand together. Worship team, prayer team, if you need prayer today, if you're in that place where you just need someone to stand with you, give you a little hope, I invite you to come forward today as we close out in worship. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you for this hope which is an anchor to our souls. If anyone's feeling shaky today, like their anchor is not holding, God, I pray that you would cover them, fill them. Lord, provide for them. Lord, give me hope. Give us all hope. Lord, we latch on to who you are, and we trust in you. You're worthy of our praise today and our worship. And we just spend the next few moments just focusing on you and crying out to you. Lord, you're the answer to everything that we need. In Jesus' name.